0: Good afternoon, and this is The Weekly. Every Tuesday, our podcast hopes to inform you on the information of the world. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Christensen. Today, we have a quick briefing on current events, as well as an interview with Mr. Johnson from Globus Medical. Over the week, the DNC was held, where Joe Biden was officially instated as the presidential nominee for president of the United States for the election in November. At the convention, many speeches were made by many key Democrats, including many of the presidential runners in 2020. The Dubai-based airline Emirates is in talks of deferring 777X orders in favor of smaller jets. This is due to the decline in travel over the pandemic. The 7 x is just too large a plane for this time. So Emirates is planning to buy smaller Boeing 787 Dreamliner jets instead of the larger 777 jets. This is putting the 7 x program in trouble, as Emirates, who ordered 150 of the jets, accounts for over half of the order book. The 7 x has just over 300 orders from a handful of airlines. The 777X has also seen delays in production and is likely to go into service around 2023. And now for our interview with Mr. Johnson from Globus Medical. Um, so how are you doing today, Mr. Johnson?
1: I'm doing well. Beautiful day. How are you? You in Vermont? Are you here?
0: I'm in Vermont right now. It's wow. kind of starting to rain a little bit, but... Very nice. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm really excited to talk about your um, um, medical devices business. Yeah. Um, so let's start off with a brief description about what your business does.
1: Okay. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm part of a, a larger company named Globus Medical, and uh, they started out um, quite a while ago uh, in the early 2000s making pedicle screws and instruments to place pedicle screws. Uh, for spinal surgery and about seven years ago uh, they asked me to join to build some technology to help place help the surgeons place those screws and and enter bodies and some other items Um, so we built a robotic system uh, using surgical navigation that kind of works with the surgeon uh, allows the surgeon to plan where they want screws on a computer screen and then the robot will precisely move to those trajectories, um, and then the surgeon actually holds the instruments. They do the surgery, but we kind of align the instruments, and so that 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 way they can uh, perform spine surgery through very small incisions, um, which has a lot of benefits. You can imagine smaller incisions is probably better for the patient. It's a lot less yeah. blood loss, loss uh, less uh, uh, of an infection rate, and um, faster recovery. So there's a lot of benefits. They call that minimally invasive surgery. Uh, so our, our technologies enable minimally invasive surgery. Um, so that's that's the robotic product. We're actually working on an intraoperative CAT scanner also um, that can provide medical imaging right there uh, during surgery. Um, there are other products out there that do that as well, but this is kind of our version of it. And and that's that. Those are the two main the two main items.
0: Okay. So when when you're when you're building this robot on. Um or these products, are you in charge of um, designing both hardware and software or just one?
1: Yeah, so I run um, everything. So from the product development, hardware, software, all aspects, um, uh, as well as the manufacturing of it after.
0: Awesome. So what what kind of designs have you been using um, in the past?
1: So when you, these are fairly big, complex systems, our robot um, you know, it's, it's you know, about an 800 pound system on wheels, right, that that has a very rigid robotic arm that moves very precisely. So when designing something, anything complex like this that has uh, really sophisticated electronics, you know, it has very precise mechanics and intelligent software, um, you need to kind of break it down into simple chunks. So, you know, the architecture of the system is kind of where you start. And so, really, any design starts with that. Really, just a clean architecture, kind of laying out what it should do and how it should do it. And then, um, and then you would break that off then into each of the functions, whether it be electrical, mechanical, or software.
0: So, how that? how is the industry of, how did the industry of medical devices change since you've, since your company has started?
1: Yeah, so I got into this space in the late '90s. I think it was '98, where I was in um, image-guided surgery, and um, and unlike consumer products, you know, it's not like we're going to react to changes within six months. You know, because we have to get FDA approvals. There's a lot of testing associated with it. Um, things take a little long and to change, but I could look back over the last 20 years and see a lot of changes and a lot of improvements um so in 98 image guided surgery was really just starting um and it's it's very i don't know if you've ever seen um, when they make video games when they use a camera system and they put the reflective Can you hear me, Stuart?
0: Uh, I think you just cut out. I think he's. I think you're about to say actor.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry about this connection. I don't know what's going on.
0: It's, it's no. It's no problem.
1: Okay. So, if you ever seen the camera system when they're making a video game, and they they take an athlete and they put the reflective markers on their suit, and then the athlete mm-hmm. moves around, and they can they can kind of record how the athlete moves. I don't know if you've yeah. ever seen that before. You see that on some documentaries and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or in making animation. So, so it's a similar technology that, that, that we work with in surgery. So we have these camera systems and these reflective markers, and we can put those on surgeon instruments, and we can track the way um, th- th- how the instrument is moving. So you can imagine if you have, say, um, a drill, you know, you got this rigid drill, you can put markers on the end, so when they go inside a small hole of the body, you can still project yeah. where the tip is and show that on right. a computer screen. So, so that was state-of-the-art, just doing that 20 years ago. Um, mm. But since then, we've now added intraoperative imaging. We've added robotics. And, and I think, you know, things like just software development in general. We, we use touchscreen monitors now where everything was kind of a keyboard and a mouse. Yeah. And you can imagine if you're in surgery and you're scrubbed in, you know, interacting with a keyboard and a mouse doesn't really work. No. You know, but, but you can put a sterile drape over a touchscreen monitor, and now the surgeon can interact with the software. It's like giving them a, a big iPad, right? And they could actually yeah. actually control the system now very easily. So those are right. some of the, probably from a technology standpoint, those are some pretty big innovations. Definitely. Um, I think with things like um, deep learning and AI, we're starting to get more and more intelligent by looking at medical images and being able to interpret what, what you see. You know, things yeah. like you know, could I auto plan a screw? You know, is that possible? You know, and I think it is today, right? And and using technologies.
0: Yeah. Um, well that's that's amazing. Um some of those innovations, yeah, they like the touch screen that kind of um kind of came along just just with the with the rest of the world, as the rest of the world was getting touch screens, um your 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 field adapted quite well. Um yeah. So I think that like the probably one of our main topic, Tom, um, our main topic talking points today, um, is um how how the pandemic has affected your um business in 2020. Um, so uh, first of all, um, has has have sales been affected? Um, and the development of your business been affected by the pandemic in the past uh, around half a year now.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, in March, when it really hit big, you know, I think pretty much all elective surgeries stopped, at least in our space. So there was definitely a time of, you know, very little business. And as people were figuring out, you know, what does all this mean and where are we going? um, I know for us, we, we stopped our manufacturing of the robots, but our business has two items. We have the robots and we also have the implants um i am I'm, I'm focused on the robot side but as a business you know we look at both of those so with with surgery stopping you know you're not you're not putting implants in and mm. you know with just the whole physical distancing you know it's really hard for reps to get access to surgeons in hospitals and and make sales right so it's yeah. very very disruptive for sure
0: um yeah so you your your business has slowed down clearly um Especially with the elective surgeries, um, just completely declining over the past couple months. Correct?
1: Well, that's true. So, so over, yeah, I, I'd give it maybe two months or so. It was very slow. But what's interesting with elective surgeries is, um, you know, my I'll use my mother as an example. She was getting a hip replacement right when that that came. So obviously, she could not get her hip replacement in April, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean she doesn't need the hip replacement, right? So as soon as hospital started doing those procedures again her, her procedure took place so it's not like you might have lost that two months but all those procedures still have to get done so it just means you're going to be really busy in the second half of the year okay. um so i'm i'm it There's a chance you know our company is going to be just fine because all that stuff still has to happen
0: okay it's so not like the demand of, went away you're kind of just moving um Kind of just moving your um your business for the year kind of into the into the later half. It's still the same amount. It's just going to be busier.
1: It's just going to be busier. You can think of it more of a delay. Yeah. Um, now whether that can all get done in the calendar year, so you know, obviously, business financials might be affected. But in the mm. end, from a long-term perspective, I think it still has to get done. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Um, and you also have a um. A big um or a, a state-of-the-art factory floor in massachusetts right um has how, how has that been affected
1: actually we've done a really good job with that being a medical device company um you know the governor allowed us to keep going okay. but um what we did was we did we shut it down for a month i'd say just to make sure we could get proper safety precautions in place um yeah you know you have to you know, make sure you take your temperature. We make sure that we were set up, that we were physically distanced appropriately. Um, you know, with our manufacturing floor, just by the nature of it, the, the workers are actually already distanced. Everyone kind of has their own cell. And right. so it, it really didn't, we weren't really putting our employees at risk. Um, and what we did from the engineering side, um, we, you know, software engineers, that's, that's a relatively easy thing to work from home. And so, you know, we just have everyone working from home that can, and there are some people that need to do testing on a robot or on the hardware, and then they'll come in the office. So, by doing that is the office isn't very crowded, so people are able to wear face masks and be, you know, plenty far apart from one another. So, um, that hasn't been a problem for us. So, we've been, uh, we've actually been doing pretty good, you know, to keep things moving.
0: Okay, earlier you said that you were kind of seeing a decline in sales. Do you have like a backlog of um devices that you need to make that's keeping your factory open right now?
1: Yeah, so how we we run our business on the on the capital side, so on like the robots, we typically mm. just build to a forecast because it's not like we would build one for an order okay. because it takes it takes a long time. I mean some of our parts might take six months to even come in, right? Oh, wow. Um, and, and, then, and then it takes, you know, a month to build. And, and so, obviously, we, we couldn't really build it based on demand. So, what we do is we just say, okay, we're going to be build this many this year. We work closely with our sales teams and say, what do you guys forecast? And then we generally try to keep a little bit of inventory. So, we have a buffer. So, okay. that's, that's why it was easy to kind of shut down for a month. Because, you know, we, we, had, we had systems in inventory, and you know the company can just cover that you know and kind of keep that going obviously it 's a lot of resources when you have devices in in, in um, inventory, but it, it kind of makes it easier on the business so that we can respond very quickly to sales
0: Hmm. and so you were mentioning a um a six month um, six month supply line for some of the those parts um How have the supply lines been um, affected because I know that you' are, you're a multinational company um. How, how, like, how's the flow of parts been um, slowed yeah. or not slowed by COVID?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So, you know, being a medical device company, we have a really strong supply chain. So mm-hmm. every supplier that we have, you know, they have to go through audits and checks. And, and we only deal with very reputable companies where we can trust that those components, that they're built to the highest standards. And those companies have done a really good job. And just like us, I mean, everybody took a little hiccup. I think things are delayed. We're seeing kind of some longer deliveries, but mm-hmm. but everything's still moving. It's still moving. Just might be a little delayed. So we're just kind mm-hmm. of managing more timelines than anything else. But it's not devastating.
0: Um. And what 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 parts of the globe are um are your parts coming from?
1: Well, I'd say the majority is U.S. Um, we 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 have a lot of custom. Machine parts, sheet metal parts, plastics, and that's all domestic. Um, some of the higher end components, like on the robotics side, um, you know, uh, for, for whatever reason, Israel actually has a lot of motion controllers, right? They have yeah. multiple companies there. Uh, so this is the second company now that I've been at that we've had an Israeli uh, motion controller in our system. Okay. Um, Motors uh, are from Japan. Um and and some of our gearboxes are actually from Japan as well, um, and then and then smaller components. You know, some of the electronics components, they, you know, I'm not sure. You know, they they could be from all over. You know, we usually would buy through a distributor, right? And then they have the inventory, and so that that works out pretty well on the on the electronic side. And that could be all through Asia and other places, right?
0: Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have any, um, any branches of the company, like any, any of the factories similar to the one in um, Massachusetts um, that are outside of the United States?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, we have an office in India, in Chennai. uh software mm-hmm. development office in Switzerland. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's all product development. They don't have manufacturing. Okay. Uh, and, and then, we, well, of course, we have sales offices around the world.
0: Right. Have have any of those other factories, um, have they have they need to go undergo similar um, measures to the one in um, in the United States? Or um, have they been kind of under just under like the um, jurisdiction of what the situation is in those countries?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can only speak to those two, the India and Switzerland, but they dealt with exactly what we dealt with and they've handled it very similarly. Okay. Uh, the the Swiss were quite good. They all kind of did their thing. The whole country, they seem to listen. Yeah. And they're back. They're they're yeah. back, even without face masks, from what I understand. They're just back to to life.
0: Yeah. They've um, they seemed to flush that out pretty quick.
1: Yeah. So, so I wish we we could do the same.
0: <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, it was it was great talking to you, Mister Johnson.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Stuart. I enjoyed it.
0: All right. Thank you.
1: All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to the weekly this afternoon. A great thanks to Mr. Johnson for having an interview with us. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and follow our Instagram channel at Connected Radio 20. On Thursday, a new episode of Unknowns will be released, so please check that out as well. As always, I'm your host Stuart Christensen, see you back here next Tuesday for The Weekly.